Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church Podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. Well, today we're going to talk part two of our series, It's Personal. And so I'm going to do this week and then next week, and then I'll be done with this series on It's Personal. And it's really been focusing on relationships. And today is going to be one of them ones. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be one of them ones. It's going to be one of them ones because I'm going to be talking about the great subject of communication. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Uh, But how many know, I really believe that relationships are made or broken based on communication. And uh, a lot of times we don't realize this, but um, it's the hinge by which the door swings. It is, is, uh, uh, I believe there's four things that kill marriages and relationships, especially marriages as kids. (laughs) Number one. And the reason it kills it is because you put all your focus on your kids, and when your kids leave, you don't know who you're married to. Not your kid's fault. That, 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 okay, so the kids. <laughs> second, the second thing is, is sex, uh, the lack thereof. Somebody said right. Somebody on this side wrote right. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so you made me forget what I was going to say. The third is money. The third is money, right? Money, if you're not. Uh, but the fourth is communication. But do you realize the other three work based on communication, right? So if you're not communicating your needs, um, if you're not communicating about money, if you're not talking about how to discipline your kids and raise your kids, how many know that if you don't talk about it, then you're going to end up in error, and there's going to be things that's going to go wrong, and you're not going to be on the same page, and it's going to create tension in your relationships. And so I really believe this, the single greatest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. I really believe that. I really believe that, that when it comes to communication, we think we've communicated. But most of the time, it's just an illusion, especially if you're talking to a dude. We sometimes take a couple times where we're kind of looking at you with a glazed look like, what just happened? You know what I mean? Like, we got we to gotta bring it together. And so um, uh, when I talk of communication, I'm going to reference something that we all have experienced before, and that's a bridge. We've all been over bridges, and a bridge basically is designed to span between uh, here and there. It's it's designed to get us over maybe bodies of water or or different mountains, and these bridges are created, and they're uh, they're designed to connect you from here to there. It's the same way in relationships. Bridges connect us from one area of people uh, to another. It's the bridge by which relationships work is is communication. And so uh, the the bridges are built to withstand pressure. Um, They're they're built to, they're constructed to endure force. and, And they give us passage and right to go from here to there, from one destination to another. And bridges, uh, they don't just connect us physically, right? When we, we don't just have physical bridges, we also have emotional bridges. We also have relational bridges. And when it comes to experiencing the God kind of life that God wants us to experience and that he has for us, the truth is, is that we have to learn how to build a bridge of communication, Parents, let me help you for just a minute, that if you have kids that are young or teenagers, one of the keys is, is, is make sure you always keep the bridge of communication open if possible. 
right? Because communication is that bridge uh, that you walk over, right? And so bridge has to be built. It has to be built through time. It has to be built through trust. It has to be built through commitment. It has to be built through loyalty. You know, you can't, not anybody can just come up to me and correct me in my wrongs. You know why? Because you haven't built a bridge of relationship with me. Now my overseers, they can. There's some people, my wife, how many know, hey, my wife, She's built a bridge. She can say whatever she wants to say, how she wants to say it, when she wants to say it, and, and how long she wants to say it. And she does. Come on, somebody. And so, but I listen. I'm paying attention to parts of it. Amen. Still working on it. We've been married for 26 years, and I'm still, amen, you clap for that. That's right. 26 years we've been married. Anybody been married for 40 years? Raise your hand. Wow, look at you guys. 45? Right there in the middle, you're the only ones? Come on, Brad, come on, 45 years, give them a big hand. How long you been married? 55 years, 56 years. Were you guys 13 when you got married? Come on, somebody, give them a big, 56 years. Golly, somebody give them a $100 bill, amen, you did it. Come on, somebody, amen. Look at Brad's like, I'm a taker, amen, I'm receive. But communication is the key. And so I really believe there's five levels of communication. We're gonna talk through why communication fails. We're gonna talk through how to better our communication and really how to uh, not just improve our communication, but communicate in ways that honor God and each other, right? Whether that's a marriage, whether that's a general relationship, whether that's a friendship. And so I really believe there's five levels of communication. The first is the cliche, and that's just simply how you doing. A lot of you do that when you come to church. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Like that's, that's just kind of how it works, right? It's just very cliche, very surfacely. Then there's the factual side of it. Hate to say this, but the Bengals did not go to the Super Bowl. That is factual. Mm. That's factual though, right? Right, we could say anything factual. That's a level of communication. Is still, we're a bit surfacy on our communication. Then there's the opinions level of communication. The opinions level is, are you going to wear that kind of conversation, right? You give your opinion. I just want you to know, we all have opinions, and most people don't care about your opinion. Come on, somebody. So opinions. Then there's the emotional side. Oh, boy. Communication side of emotions where, where uh, I, I'm so tired of the way you treat me kind of thing, like it's just emotional, right? Will you please take the trash out for the love of God and Jesus, amen, thank you, hallelujah, do something, right? Like it's that emotional, right? And if you don't deal with emotions, they turn into volcanoes and, and they erupt all over everybody and everybody gets burned if you don't handle your emotions. And the kids are like, why is dad kicking the dog, throwing the board game, and tossing dishes out the back door. Why is he, well, it's because you have all this pent-up emotion and you haven't communicated anything, right? And most of the time, it's not the people that's in front of you that you're mad at, right? It's something that happened at work and you bring that to the house and now you're treating your family a certain way because you don't know how to leave it in the car or leave it at the office. You bring it to the house and then you treat your kids a certain way because you don't know how to deal in that area. You're emotional, right? And so you react and there's an emotional side. Then there's the, the transparent kind. And it's, it's, can we talk about what's really going on? Can we talk about what's really going on in our marriage? Can we talk about what's really going on in our friendship? And I really believe transparency is a safe place 
where you're not gonna feel judged and, and the person that is receiving it is not defensive, right? Because there's a lot of people, when you try to talk to them, they get defensive, right? Because they, there's something there, right? And so they, they start to get defensive and they react and then, then it goes the other direction, right? And then the emotions start, right? And then, and, then, and then all of a sudden, they start getting opinionated, right? And then they start getting factual, right? And then at the end, they're just, the, the, the conversation turns into, I'm doing fine. It's just very cliche, right? And so that's what happens in the levels of communication. God empowered all of us with something that I believe is transformational, and it's this thing called words. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 18, 20, 22, in the, in the Passion Translation, sharing words of wisdom is satisfying to your inner being. It encourages you to know that you've changed someone else's life. Your words are so powerful, listen, that they will kill or give life. And the talkative person will reap the consequences. When a man finds a wife, he has found a treasure, for she is the gift of God to bring him joy and pleasure. But the one who divorces a good woman loses what is good for his house. To choose an adulterous woman is both stupid and ungodly. Now, that's the Bible. But he says, death and life are in the power of the tongue is another way to put it. You know, God created you in his image in Genesis, right? And God created you in his image out of the dust of the ground, right? How did he create the universe? He spoke it. Genesis 1 says, God said, let there be light, and there was. He spoke it. It came out of his mouth. Well, God created us with a mouth. God created us out of the dust of the ground, and then he put his image in us. In other words, when you look at us, you should see God. When you see God, you should look at, you see us. And so there's no difference. There's an image there. And he created us that way. So if we're created in his image prior to sin, if we're created in his image, then we do what he does. And one of the most powerful things that God does is he speaks. The God of the universe speaks. He speaks to you. He wants to communicate to you. When you spend time with him in prayer, he wants to come and have his voice through his word. He wants to speak things into your life that will transform you. And so I want you to understand today that we have to recognize that our words are containers, right? They contain either death or they contain life. It's up to us how we, how we use our words. And so whenever you're thinking of, of marriage and relationships, you know, healthy words equal healthy relationships. You know, we have to pick up the pieces a lot of times when we let words of death come out of our mouth. How many have ever been there? You said something and you're like, God, I wish I could grab that back. Right, but all of a sudden it's too late. It's done hit the heart. And once it hits the heart, now all of a sudden there's, there's things that we have to deal with. And so healthy words equal healthy relationships. Um, how many of you would say this, and you'd be honest today, that you would say you were, you were modeled healthy communication growing up as a kid? You were modeled healthy communication. You saw your parents. Raise your hand. Wow. So, amen, like five of you. How many would say I saw bad communication growing up? That, yeah, that's much more. Because what we under, and really we want to work on this to make our relationships better. And, and a lot of us never had that relationship example of, 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 of communication in our life. And so um, I'm hoping today that we have to understand that we default to our example if we're not intentional about changing. 
So if you were, if you were given that picture of bad communication in your, in your home growing up, you're probably going to default to that unless you intentionally change. Come on, somebody. You know, what comes out of your mouth has to hit your brain before it comes out of your mouth. You guys realize that, right? You don't just all of a sudden, it doesn't just come out. You have something called self-control, right? I get this on I-75 every week. My ability to learn self-control. When there's nobody else in the car, there's a few things that I would like to bless the person that cut me off with. And, and so, but we have something called self-control. So we have a choice whether we allow death or we allow life to come out of our mouth. Today, you will sit around a table with your family and maybe friends. What will be the context of your communication? Will it be negative? What's going on in the world? What's that? This and church and what, like, will it be negative in connotation or will it be something of life, right? And so, um, Three reasons why I really feel like people fail when it comes to communication. And what I'm gonna call these, these are filters. These are filters. And, and number one is this, low self-esteem. Low self-esteem, I really, or self-worth, self-worth. Uh, you, you, won't, you won't value yourself or what you have to say, therefore you don't say anything, so you shut down. So if you have a low self-worth about yourself, you're going to, to shut down. But also on the other side, you over-talk to try and generate self-worth. So, right, like it's not, it's not coming from a place of authenticity, it's coming from a place of low self-worth. So that's why you talk a lot, amen. You can control how many words come out your mouth. Now, men and women are different, I'll tell you the difference in words in a little bit. Low self-worth, another reason why I believe people fail in communication is fear of criticism or judgment, critical environments. Now listen, you have to understand, all environments are not cr critical just because truth is shared. Right now, if you receive it as critical, then you miss the point of having somebody in your life that would speak truth into you. If you don't like truth and you, and you say everything is critical, then guess what? You will never advance in, in the plan that God has for your life because you've already predetermined that every relationship I have that's gonna speak into my life is critical. Right, and so just because truth is spoken doesn't mean it's critical, but th there are people that, that have legitimate critical environments and you learn how to deal with it by escaping, shutting yourself down, you won't say anything, right? I've, I've counseled uh, marriages over the years where the man is very critical or vice versa. Man, I tell you, if there's anything I cannot stand, is in a marriage relationship when a woman criticizes a man in public in front of other people. Oh boy. Why? Because you're not honoring, you're not respecting, you're being critical of him, which tears him down. Do you think he wants to lead with those critical words coming at him in front of his buddies? You say, well, pastor, does that really happen? Absolutely, just pay attention. You need to examine yourself, fear of criticism or judgment. The third reason is you're just internally disconnected. You know why you're internally disconnected is because you're externally connected too much. In other words, your time is connected to social media and your phones and television and, and computers and you're constantly on a screen and you can't connect. You're internally disconnected because you're so externally connected. You're connected to those things of the world. Uh, external information is what I'll call it overload. You know, you have this overload of information and this disconnects you internally. Listen, don't start with Facebook. 
Start with your face in the book. Come on, somebody. Get in the word of God, man. Get back to the, to the roots of what it means to be a Christ follower. Don't tell me you're a Christian if you don't follow Christ's word. It doesn't work that way, right? I could dream up all day long, and I could, I could, I could stand inside of a garage and say, I'm a car, 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 I'm a car. But I'm not a car, I'm not a car, I'm not a car just because I'm in a garage. I'm a human in a garage. So it's up to us to have to understand that, that we can be internally disconnected. Listen, face-to-face conversations are hard. This next generation, you try to have a face-to-face with them? Uh, let's talk for just a minute. Let's have a conversation. Come on, words. Words, here we go. Oh, no, no, no. Right? Text messaging. You're internally disconnected. Well, it's just the way I communicate. Hold on a second. I, I believe in tools, I'm, I'm for sure. But at some point, you're going to have to stop texting the person that's sitting in the chair right next to you. Right? You're going to have to start to use words because God created us for people, there are people that would use words in our communication. So let me give you six keys really quick to communicate in a way that honors God and each other effective, okay? Effective communication. Number one is this, make Jesus your role model. If you're going to effectively communicate and you're going to improve, Jesus has to be your role model. Ephesians chapter five, verse 25 through 28 in the message says this, husbands, go all out in love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. Listen, a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. Christ's love makes the church whole. Listen, his words evoke her beauty. Words. Says everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness, and that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. God's word works. He says, this is a marriage context, but any context, Jesus has to be our role model. We have to be careful how we talk about people. We have to be careful about the the things that we share, the words that come out of our mouth. He says says that that, that in a marriage context, that your words should bring out her, it should should invoke her beauty, right? The way you talk to her, girl, mm. Come on, somebody, you looking good. Like you, you like you, the words you say, not are you gonna wear that today? Now she can say that to you guys. Come on, somebody. My wife was like, You going to church like that? You look like a tree. You got all brown on, buddy. <laughs> Amen. That's why I just went to black. I wear black everywhere. Blue today, but black most of the time. Can't mess up with that. And so, and so there has to be making Jesus your role model. Here's the question. How does Jesus talk to you? How how would he communicate to you? Would he judge you? Would he condemn you? He's going to share the truth with you that might bother you. Come on, it's a sword, right? And when he comes with his truth, he talks to you a certain way, and he takes his sword, and that's not in there. That's not good, and that's not right for you, and that's not a part of your destiny. And He puts those knife moments, which we need, 
But his knife moment is not meant just to cut you, it's meant to heal you and cause you to have a purpose and a destiny on the earth. That's how God talks to us. God doesn't talk to us in a way where he's downtrodding us and he's, he's creating judgment and criticism about us. No, God's a lifter of our heads. He takes his word and he invokes the beauty of his bride through his words. That's the context. So he, he, invokes, he invokes the beauty. So all of a sudden we start to hear God's word and all of a sudden something different starts to happen in our life and who we are and who we can become. So if we're gonna communicate well in a way that honors God, We have to make Jesus our role model. Number two is this, we have to seek to understand one another. Notice what I said, seek to understand one another. Now, women and men are different. How many would agree? Men and women are are different. Now, God created man and woman. Man he created and he created woman, nothing else. Man. Woman, that's what he created. Now, for some reason, he created man with 7,000 words. And then he created the woman. 20,000 words a day, he created her. 13,000 words difference between a man and a woman. (laughs) So, how how does a man connect with 20,000 words a day? You just pray if she works, she gets it all out at work. Come on, somebody. How many you got left? 500? Amen, I can handle that. Come on, get out the biscuits. <laughs> there's, 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 you gotta be, so, so guys, it's hard for us sometimes because a man's brain and a woman's brain are different. Man's brain, we're normal, we're mostly left brain. Left brain, do you see how I did that? Facts, logic, statistics, right? And so he will, he will, Um, he will engage with you factually more than he will engage with you emotionally. So the problem is he wants to solve it. He doesn't want to talk about it, right? So when it comes to communication, you have to understand how men think. We're mostly left brain. We're facts. We're statistics. We don't don't want to talk about the problem. Like if there's, let's fix, come on, let's fix it. And no, you just want to talk. You want to get all your words in, amen, Let's just fix the problem, but that's not how men think. Men think differently. Men think in boxes. We got a work box. We pull our work box out. That's the box we're in for the moment. We put that in there, boom. We come home where we got the kids' box. We pull the kids' box out. That's how we think, boxes, kids. The greatest box that all men have is the nothing box. We pull the nothing box out a lot, and when the wife comes in or a person comes into our life to have a conversation with us, what are you doing? Nothing. That's, that's how life works for us, right? We spend a lot of time in our nothing box. We work, we come home, we put our nothing box in, and they can't, what are you doing? Nothing. We think in boxes. Now, women's brain's a little bit different. There's no boxes. There's wires. And there's a lot of wires. And all these wires connect. Right, this is key to communication. They connect, everything connects us. So both sides of the brain are involved. Not just left side, but both sides. So women, they connect emotionally. Listen, that is why she can remember something you did 15 years ago, and she can remember how you felt, how she felt in that moment. She can remember 
something you did 15 years ago, and then she can tell you, I says, how I was feeling 15 years ago. And you're like, what? I did nothing, right? <laughs> that's where guys go. It's like, what are you talking about? But, but that's how, that's just, men can't remember what happened five minutes ago. Like you tell them something and you come back five minutes and you're, they're gonna go, hmm. Can you repeat yourself, please? Right? It makes tough for communication if we don't understand how each other thinks because we take it personal. We think he's being mean because he's in his nothing box. No, he's just in his nothing box. So don't talk to him when he's in his nothing box. He's not gonna respond. He's definitely not gonna try to get 20,000 words digested. Right? And so we have to understand that men... Um, deal with stress with the nothing box. Men, most of the time, will not communicate with you in stressful times. They wanna go to the nothing box. That nothing box can show up anywhere. It could show up on the golf course. It could, it, it could show up with, with uh, um, just going, just different things that happen in a man's life, right? They could work, whatever, but they're in the nothing box. Hobbies, but we can't deal with stress. Um, we deal with stress with the nothing box but women want to talk when there's stress. Therefore, they want to uh, talk of, about the creation of the problem, and then what that does is they start to verbalize it, and then because we're in our nothing box, and they want to verbalize it, we have frustration. So we have a communication problem. So how do we understand, how, how do we operate when it comes to communication with being so different. In order to have healthy relationships, the goal is to understand, not be understood. Let me say it again. The goal is to understand, not be understood. In other words, give him a minute to understood you. Give her time to digest it and then allow her in a safe environment to share what's on her heart. Right, and this is, this is not just marriage, this is all over, right? So it's, it's not just your opinion, right? It's not you forcing the, your uh, opinion upon somebody, right? It is, it is a legitimate goal is to understand, not be understood. First Peter 3, 7 says it this, in the same way you husbands live with your wives in an understanding way. Now, another translation says, dwell with your wife according to knowledge, and then here's what he says. He says, with great uh, gentleness and tact and with an intelligent regard for the marriage relationship, as with someone physically weaker, since she is a woman, show her honor and respect as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will be not hindered or ineffective. Ladies, uh, I, and, and so he says, he says, he says, your prayers will not be hindered or ineffective. This word live or dwell with your wife means to understand the knowledge of her. Understand the knowledge of him. And when you start to understand, and if you're young in marriage or uh, you have you know, friendships that are kind of surfacy, like you're probably not gonna understand some of this until you get, until you get down the road. Because it's experience and being with people over long periods of time where you start to understand them. 
And when you start to understand how they tick and you start to understand how they talk, then you know when to talk and when not to talk. You know when to, when to have communication and when not to have communication. And so 1 Peter tells us that we are to dwell with each other according to how the other person operates, how, the, how they receive, how they, how they understand things. And so I will encourage you today is that, that ladies, let your man lead. I really felt this when I was praying. Let, let your men, let your man lead and give him room to learn. Let me say it like the men, ladies, let your man lead and let them learn. Give them room to learn how to lead. Right? If you're especially if you're young in this thing and, and you're learning how to do it, man, you, you just give him a little space to learn. Right? He may not have had the best example. Maybe he's trying to work through it. Give him an opportunity to lead. Now, on the flip side of it, men. Don't treat your wife like she's your mama. Oh. Like your mommy made your dinner for you, so you expect her to bring you dinner. You expect her to do this, and you expect her to do the dishes and do the laundry, and you expect her to work, and you expect, right? You didn't marry your mama. You married a woman that God created for you to be your helpmate, to come alongside you. So every once in a while, do the dishes. Come on, somebody. Right? There has, to be this, there has to be this cohesiveness that happens. If not, you have to understand there's going to be tension. Number three is this. Number three is this. Wait for a positive environment before having deeper levels of communication. Relationships are peak and valley experiences. Listen, the valley is not a positive environment for deep levels of communication. If you're going through something and it's low, hey, hey. Don't go into deep levels of communication there. And the reason is, is because when you're in the valley, you're on the defensive and you're overly sensitive, right? Because you're in the valley and you're going through some stuff. It's not the time to divulge the deep things of life. It's time to get through the valley, get healthy, get back to a place where, where you're whole and allow yourself to have that conversation. Again, because you're defensive and you're overly sensitive when, it, when you're in the valley. You can't have deep levels of communication when you're angry with each other. It doesn't work. It just turns into a fight. And you just get angry at each other and then you don't even remember what you said half the time. Then you don't even know why you're mad. You ever had that happen? And 10 minutes later, you're like, what? What did we fight about? What was that about? Like, you don't even remember because she wants to come back and talk about what you guys fought about, right? And she's trying to tell you what you fought about and you're going, I don't even, I don't even remember what we said. You know what I mean? Like, it's, that's just how life works. That's how men and women work. So there has to be, look to go deeper. Listen, look to go deeper in the peak seasons of life. When, when, when things are going well, you know, ask yourselves questions like, what do I need to change? What are some things I need to work on in, in our, excuse me, in our relationship? That happens in the peak seasons of life. That happens when things are going well. Number four is this, learn to value listening. Learn to value listening. James 1.19 says, understand this, uh, my beloved brothers and sisters, let everyone be quick to hear, be a careful, thoughtful listener, slow to speak, a speaker of carefully chosen words and slow to anger, Patient, reflective, and forgiving. You're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. How many of you have ever heard that before in your relationships? You're not listening 
to me. Why? Because most of the time we over-talk and under-listen. The Bible tells us to be swift to hear and slow to speak. Well, women, this is hard for you because most of the time you want to figure it out while talking about it. So you want to talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. We have to understand if we're going to make communication works, um, make communication work, we have to get ourselves into a place where we learn how to listen more than we talk. We have to, we have to self-control. And I really believe that, that listening, when you're listening to somebody, it involves a couple things. First thing it involves is eye contact. Be present when you're having the conversation. When you're talking to somebody, it's eye contact, right? You're not looking up, you're not like, hand, you're, like you're not, they're over here and you're over here, right? You're looking out the door, right? What's going on out there? And they're talking, their deep-hearted conversation. You're never gonna believe what happened and you're looking out the door, right? You gotta have eye contact with that person. There needs to be affirming words that take place. Listening, listening yes, there needs to be uh, affirming words that come according to the scripture. You need to ask them to repeat what is said. I do this all the time. Uh, can, you, can you repeat that one more time? Like, so I can get it, right? It takes me a minute to get it. And so remember that you have to repeat what is said and then ask good questions, right? Listening allows you to ask good questions. You're not trying to solve the problem. You're trying to ask questions that help facilitate effective communication. So you have to learn the value of listening. You know how you learn the value of listening? Go somewhere, if you're married, of course, if you're married, go somewhere where it's quiet. No phones, no music, just you and them, nothing, nothing else. Have a good meal, but no distractions around you. And you'll be able to tell your level of communication when everything is awkward silence, when there's nothing, there's not, not even a bird going tweet, tweet. You'll be able to tell your level of communication in the silence because whether it forces you to have that conversation, you're like, uh, like, you know, you got it, you got to have it, right? Because there's nothing, because everything's awkward, if not, right? And so, number five, learn the power of affirmation. Learn the power of affirmation. Listen, no one will listen to you if you're critical and fault-finding. Nobody wants to be around people that are critical. Nobody wants to be around people that are fault-finding. Why? Because it, it, cr critical spirits damage marriages and relationships, Right, and there are some people today, I really feel like that's, that's your spirit. You're just critical, and you need to be delivered from a critical spirit, right? It goes back to your thought patterns. It goes back to the way you see life. Some of you don't like people, but it's not the person that you don't like. It's your critical nature of thinking that causes you to think that you don't like that person, but it's your, just your critical nature. You got a critical spirit, right? And that's not God. God doesn't like choosing. But I'm going to choose this group and not this group. I'm going to do this and invite this person, not this person. Well, hold on a second. That's the, that, you're living in a place where you're viewing life through a critical spirit, right? And so we have to understand that we have to learn the power of affirmation. Ephesians 4, 29 says, Do, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. How many of you want to be an encouragement today? You want to be an encouragement to your waitress when you go to the restaurant today. You want to be an encouragement to your wife and your kids. You want to build them up. You want to, you want to be a person of affirmation and encouragement. Number six is this. Learn to connect together in spirit. In spirit. 
Now, this is, my, this is the most uncommon thing that happens in marriages. It, it is, it is uh, in relationships and marriages, is learning to connect together in spirit. Now, I want you to understand something today, that this happens um, um, whether you're saved or not saved, right? So when you get into agreement with somebody spiritually, uh, you can become unequally yoked together. Now, the Bible tells us, he said, the, the scripture tells us that we're not to be unequally yoked together. And so, again, the, the, connecting spiritually. Now, if you're single, listen to, me, listen to me today. If you're single, if you're a young person, you are not to put yourself in a position to do Bible study with the person that you're dating or opposite sex, put yourself to do Bible study by yourself. Here's why. Spiritual things are intimate things. And when you start to open yourself up and you're like, oh yeah, we're just gonna study the book of Ephesians together. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. You're going to Song of Solomon and you're going fast. We have to understand, here, here, here's, here's my thought. If you're single, don't go deep spiritually alone. Go in groups. Spend time in groups. Spiritual, listen, spiritual growth is intimate. And the enemy can use even the spiritual moments of vulnerability and openness against, against you. Why? Because you have a flesh. So you have to guard your flesh. Every relationship God wants you to have, there is a spiritual connection whether saved or not saved. He says, be not unequally yoked together with those that are unbelievers. There is a spiritual connection between you and somebody else. That's why I encourage you to look for some, if you're single, look for somebody that loves Jesus. If you're running hard after God, just look to the right or left to see who's running with you. Then you'll be able to know, well, that might be a potential person, right? Not somebody that you gotta look behind to see whether or not they're catching up with you. If they're, not, if they're not running beside you and running as hard for God when they're single, they're not going to do it when they say yes. Come on, somebody. Right? You don't want to have to pull them into the thing. You want to be able to run hard for God and look and see and who's running hard with me. And all of a sudden, that might be a potential. Because you don't want to have a spiritual connection with somebody saved or not. There is a spiritual connection. Listen, one flesh means spiritually. When he says you become one flesh, this happens outside of marriage as well. One flesh. And listen, maybe the reason there's no spiritual connection in your marriage is because you're an empty person. Maybe you have relationships that are shallow because you're empty. Maybe the emptiness is, is, is because empty people create empty marriages and relationships. Maybe you don't even know how to connect spiritually. Oh, we can connect over food. We can connect at the, at the park. We can connect at the gym. and We can do all that, but we can't, no, we cannot connect over God's word. That means you're empty. That means you're not filled with God. You're filled with something else, and that's all you know how to transfer over to the other person, right? And so let me ask you a few questions. Do you pray together? Do you pray for each other? Because spiritual conversations bound you together. I believe this is the greatest level of connection two people can have. You need to have people in your life 
That's why we have groups, is we want people around us that have a spiritual connection that we can pray together with. That's why we have friendships that we pray for each other with. Why? Because listen, you're not an island. You're not alone. God has a great plan for you, and you're gonna have to learn to connect together spiritually. I'll close with this. There's a, there was a, a bridge, speaking of bridges, in, uh, in uh, Minnesota. And it was a bridge in, in Minnesota, it was on I-35. And in 2007, this bridge collapsed. It collapsed and it, would, it had the pressure, like when they were building it, it was actually one of the, in 67, it was one of the, um, the, the um, Minnesota's third busiest highway, if you will. And it had 150,000 vehicles daily over it. And it had a ca- catastrophic failure in, 20, uh, in 2007 and the bridge collapsed. And here's a picture of that bridge in, in 2007. 14, 13 people passed away, died, and 145 were injured when this bridge collapsed. Now keep that picture up for a while. So you go back through the report of what happened with this bridge, and basically what happened is there, there started to be small cracks in, in the, uh, the different rivets and the gusset plates of the bridge. And the inspectors came in and they looked at those small cracks and they started to see, oh, they're just small. They won't really do anything. But because there were so many small cracks in that particular area, all of a sudden, these small cracks, because there was a building deficiency, all of a sudden what happened is it started to create weak points in this bridge. But they, they, what they did though is they ignored the small. They ignored the small cracks and before long it created devastation. Can I tell you today, this is what a lot of relationships end up looking like, is that they end up in devastation because we don't pay attention to the small stuff like communication. We just kind of sweep it under the rug and we don't talk about it, right? It's creating small cracks in our foundation and before long our marriage falls apart, our friendships fall apart, our relationships fall apart and people get hurt in relationships when we don't deal with the small thing. We end up finding ourselves in different situations, like this bridge, people losing their lives because we decided to ignore the problem. If communication is the problem, don't wait for it to get to a place where you gotta try to fix it. Fix it now. Get get yourself into a place where you're able to have the conversation that's needed. Find a place, just you and them, and have that conversation. It's gonna be tough because sometimes truth hurts, right? It's not critical, it's just truth, it's reality. And sometimes when God talks to us, that's just the way things, when God talks to us, sometimes it it just doesn't make us feel good. Well, God's not interested in just making us feel good. God wants us to achieve our purpose and our destiny. Psalm 19, 14, and we'll pray. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Listen to what he says. This is our prayer today as we close out service. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord. Where's the start? Jesus is your role model. He says, as you pray, pray these words. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart please you. Your words come from somewhere. May the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Then the words that come out of you will be pleasing in his sight. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you today 
for your word. It's very clear. It's, it's very concrete. It's truth. Lord, I thank you today that through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, and through your word today, that God, you have such a great plan for each person, each, each maybe even each marriage or friendships that, that are happening, Lord, or, or those, God, that today that, that did not have that good example of what it looks like. You know, maybe there's some in this room that like keep going back and forth in relationships and, and, and struggling and going around the same mountain constantly and can't get the commitment and just constantly going around these different things and it's created hurt and tension and all those sorts of things in your heart. I want you to know today, God's a healer. God's not mad at you. God just wants to put you on the right path. And sometimes that's, that, that, is, that, is, that is saying the thing that will catapult you forward away from where you are. And sometimes that's, let, that's letting go. Sometimes that's letting go of people, places, and things in order to move into the destiny that God has for you. Lord, I pray for destinies today, Lord, that, that Lord, people in this room that are struggling in this area of communication, I pray for the men today, Lord, that God, we would dwell uh, uh, with our wives according to knowledge, that we would, we, that we would uh, allow ourselves to be vulnerable, that we would, we would allow ourselves to be transparent, and Lord, we would allow her to process. And, and God, we just thank you for that today, Lord. I pray, God, if there's been hurtful words spoken, Lord, that's created pain and a wedge. Lord God, I pray today that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would bring healing, that Lord God, you would bring wholeness, that you would bring uh, deliverance today, that you would bring freedom. And so Father, we love you, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this place, you say, Pastor, I need to come home, I need to make a decision to follow Jesus today. I need him to be the Lord of my life. If you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, that's me. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Can I tell you, it's just a matter of surrendering to him. It's a matter of giving him everything. And so if you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I wanna pray with you. I wanna pray today. I'm not gonna call you forward, but I do wanna know who I'm praying with. And that's you online as well. If you're there and you say, hey, I want prayer today. If you're in this place, will you just raise up your hand? I wanna pray for you. I, wanna, I just wanna ask the Lord to do something amazing in your heart. Anybody in this room at all? Let's say, I need to know the Lord. I need to make a decision to come home, to know him. If you're online, just put the word yes in the comments today. We wanna pray for you. So let's all pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross, to raise from the dead. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to make me a new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap today for his word. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.